0: Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends, and sometimes a guest, commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell.
1: I'm Allison Green. And surprise, I'm Kira McNally. And today, we're anxious about grocery stores. The bit where I'm on the car dancing to the jingle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Today, we have a very special guest, Kira McNally of My Suitcase Diaries. You know, actually, I met Kira at a conference that I was also with Chris at. I had met Chris Mm. maybe a week before or two weeks before, right? Because we met in Ireland actually at a travel conference there. Mm. And no, Kira, did I meet you at the travel conference in Ireland first or did I meet you?
1: That was T-Bex, wasn't it? Were you guys at T-Bex? No, I met you in um, Romania. Romania, yeah. When we were at the booth. We all
2: share Romania.
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fond memories of... of, um, The papanashi was good.
1: The food was really good. The food was good there.
2: Yes. So anyway, we are really excited to have our first guest on. And of course, we have to start by asking her how she is on our totally made-up greeting scale <laughs> each week. So, Kira, on a scale of one to stress-eating, a box of Oreos in the parking lot, how are you feeling today?
1: Today, I'm, I suppose, about a three, a two or a three, and that's purely because it's more excitement anxiety than anything else because of being on the podcast but, um Overall, this week, I think it's been a steady four because um, on Monday, um, the Irish government... Um, released restrictions so you can now travel all over the country. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to see family um, in Cork, which is about a two and a half, three hour drive from Dublin where I am. And the nervousness around seeing, not seeing them because they're my family, but traveling that far when I haven't for months and what the situation there is going to be like and how they're going to be and how good they are at wearing masks and all that kind of stuff has just been in the back of my mind. But Apart from that, we're not stress eating too many Oreos today.
2: That is good. It's always better not to. Oh, that's a killer stomach ache waiting to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, it's always weird when things start to like open back up because we've opened up a little sooner than you guys here in Bulgaria. And my husband and I went to the Black Sea at the beginning of the month, and like I almost felt like a criminal, like walking around and like enjoying myself on the beach. Like I was like, "Am I allowed to do this?" <laughs> And it's just really strange how quickly things shifted in my head about, you know, what can I do, what do I do and that sort of thing. So I can relate to that. And I know Ireland and Scotland and a couple places over in that area have been a little stricter with the lockdowns. And I mean, having great results comparatively. I mean, look at my home yeah. country, you know,
1: <laughs> Or are not we're tomorrow. not going there. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, So, yeah. But anyway, what about you, Chris? How are you doing today? How are you on the Oreo consumption scale?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the scale I typically use just in general life. I kind of wake (laughs) up and think, where am I on the Oreo consumption scale?
2: It should be used for like diagnosing mental disorders. Like in the US, we use the DSM-4, now 5. Maybe we should use the Oreo scale.
0: I think so. And we and that's probably something we can do as a as a podcast um group here. But yeah. I, I should also just quickly say that Kira very happy to have you on. I know we're like we're connected on the in the online world a little bit here and um I know your brand pretty well and um and I if I'm not mistaken we met as well in person um at t I think. Um but uh my memory is terrible. So if we <laughs> If we, if we did or didn't, you can just politely agree.
1: Yeah, um, that's a great, it wasn't, but that's okay.
0: Great. Okay, wonderful. So um, my, my things just went haywire on the Oreo consumption scale
2: for me. Um, Chris needs to sit down and stop recording yeah, and stress.
0: Exactly. Before. I'm actually done. It's Oreos. just you two. Um, so yeah, to answer, uh, to answer your question, um, I'm probably like a like a five or a six. And it's it's really only because yesterday was Canada Day and uh, I forgot I was 30 and just uh, kind of went for the whole 18 year old route where you just drink a bunch and eat pizza and, you know, live life and stay in the sun and just pretend like the next day is not going to be terrible. Um, surprise, this morning was terrible. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, it's not not too, too bad. But we've talked before on the podcast about how like alcohol, not really the best for uh, for anxiety. So it's just uh, kind of one of those days, a little bit up and down. But um, you know, I was I, I was looking forward to recording this all day. I find that uh, I just get a little bit of excitement um, when we're recording, and also this is our first guest, so I'm super stoked about that. Um, but really, it was just a, um, a a wee bit of a Canada Day catastrophe. Not really, actually. It was like I was I went to uh, visit a buddy who's. Got a big backyard, which is like really in vogue right now um, with with COVID. And um, we just kind of were, were nice and separated and hung out. And it's actually really, really nice to see people. But paying for it a bit today. So that's where I am at um, on the Oreo consumption scale. And uh, might I ask, Allison, where are you at on the... Um, the OCS.
2: <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm not panic eating the box. I'm like lightly snacking. And mm. um, so like, I'd say I'm like a three today. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I just sort of have preemptively tried to like force myself out of the house a little more. Like normally I kind of like wait until I'm in like reaction crisis mode. And then I'm like, I need to go out right now. And today I was like, I actually don't feel terrible, but I think I should probably go out before I do feel terrible. So just like went to the office today um, and worked a little from my office. Um, my partner and I rent a small office in downtown Sofia. So like it's just us so we can go there and don't have to worry too much about, you know, um cross-contamination contag- and that sort of thing. <laughs> and so it's been sort of like a nice little refuge to have. I don't go there too often, but it is nice to just have like a second place that isn't home. So just spending a little more time outside the house, trying to do that preemptively rather than reactively. And so, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I have to say all things All things considered, and I'm also very excited to be recording and have you on, Kira. It's going to be so much fun, and I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, But before we get started, um, so we actually have three current or former teachers on this recording, and Bree, Chris's wife, is a teacher. And as a former teacher, I've just been super curious about what it's like to teach during the pandemic, like I can't even imagine, because I used to work with really high needs, um, high needs, special education population. So like, I don't even know how I would have done that. And I've been so curious what the teaching online transition has been like. So Kira, I was wondering if we could take a total detour from the topic of this podcast, just to ask a little bit about how your experience has been with that.
1: Sure, sure. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, doing my job during this has been an eye-opener and not the easiest so I work with kids with learning difficulties so I don't think they're as high needs maybe as the kids that you might have worked at and I teach mostly um, first and second class so they're between six and eight mm-hmm. so during this we didn't have an online platform as such to teach from so some teachers were using seesaw or google classroom or class dojo and they were able to carry on as normal so they could kind of post content for their kids to to check in on and parents could see it too so it kind of kept that connection but because i didn't have that my kids would come in and we do an awful lot of hands-on stuff it was an awful lot of face-to-face activities, social skills and um, gross motor activities that kind of thing put um there was no way that you could do that there's no way to do gross motor skills remotely So we were just in contact. There was an awful lot of phone calls. Um, There was an awful lot of emails, just checking in every week, sending activities that the kids could print out and do games, stuff like that. But it was mostly hearing, um, them hearing your voice or um, sending little videos for them to to see or little postcards for them to just keep that connection. Mm -hmm. But I think an awful lot of kids... Their parents went gung-ho and they were all into the homeschooling for the first couple of weeks until they realized that it, it was impossible to juggle their own jobs and homeschool yeah. their kids at the same time. So I completely empathize with parents. This, I'm sure, has been a nightmare. But from a teacher's point of view, it was definitely challenging to try to maintain your job while but being very aware that you were second. So you're students were in a different situation their parents had to look after them homeschool them and do their own jobs so Mm -hmm. contact from the teacher sometimes came very far down the scale of of things to do that day and I totally get that so yeah I will be glad to get back to school in September which I never thought I'd hear
2: myself say (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) sometimes I think like what would 2015 say if she could hear 2020 me's thoughts? And it's always like, stop taking drugs. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. 2020 has been one of these years that I don't think, you know, anybody who, who uh, is like, yeah, it's, it's going swimmingly. You know, it's just like, um, yeah. If I meet
2: that person, I would be like, please, please put them in a protective hold because when they realize where they are, (laughs) they're gonna have a rough rough awakening
0: (laughs) yeah and i and i sympathize with the the difficulties around around teaching um well for one as a former teacher myself and i still kind of think that teaching in general is one of those professions that you even if you step out of the classroom you kind of always have that mindset of of trying to you know educate and help others and i think it's probably no surprise that allison and i created this podcast as two former teachers as well right because it's so there is an education element to it. At least I'd like to think there is. Oh, no, definitely, um, yeah. And um, and I know I've watched uh, Brie, my my wife, who's been teaching online, and I know that just one of the central difficulties just has been around um, a lot of her students as well, you know, require a little bit of extra attention and help. And a lot of that comes from being physically near them and in the same space. And, and um, it's easier to create momentum when you're in the same space together. So I know it's just been a little bit difficult. So... Um, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks thanks for, for sharing that um as uh, to to get started. I think it's it's uh this is one of those episodes that we thought when we we're talking about um grocery stores. I mean, this is kind of an episode where you don't, you know, wanna focus all your attention on on what that's like with um with COVID and such, but at the same time too, it's kind of impossible to uh to ignore. So it's good I think to start off and just ground ourselves in this moment because it's the moment we are in, after all, you know.
2: As unpleasant as it may be, we are here. <laughs> yeah. It is 2020. Uh, we are recording this in July, so we've officially made it halfway through. Uh, whoop, whoop. It can't get any worse, guys, right? <laughs> Don't say right?
1: say okay, things like that. Do, do not
0: say those <laughs> things. Do not say
3: those <laughs> things out loud. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh as a meteor hurdles <laughs> yeah. I, like, I could
0: i could just like feel like the 2020 just like yeah putting your fingers together like kind of like dr evil style like oh really allison
1: volcanoes are just like hold my beer yeah, yeah
0: ex- exactly i
2: saw a meme the other day that was just like meteor strike 2020 like i'm over this shit as just like a, like in the presidential slogan style it was like <laughs> <laughs> accurate <laughs> oh dear exactly. so now that we've sufficiently talked shit on this decade and or egg well, year, but I mean, I I've written off this decade as well, I guess. But now that we have successfully talked shit about this decade and egged on a meteor strike, um, let's talk, let's talk shop, let's talk about going to the grocery store. So, Kira, good segue there. We always try. It's like a it's like a contest to see how we can kind of like steer ourselves back on track. And sometimes it's seamless and sometimes it's extremely labored. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I wanted to ask you just sort of like what's your relationship to grocery stores and um, how has it changed recently and uh, just what are your anxieties about going to the grocery store?
1: So I would never have had any anxieties about the supermarket before this at all. It was not one of the things I counted on my menu of anxieties. So now Mm. that I get to add it as an appetizer, I'm absolutely delighted. (laughs) Um, I mean, the whole supermarket thing, we were encouraged to just go once a week, if that, and all that kind of thing. So it was definitely a once a week trip. And it became surrounded by this anxiety because you just wanted to get in and get out and I mean, I'd be fairly polite, so I'm in a supermarket, and internally I'm melting down as people are really close, or you're queuing to get in, and I hate queues on the best of at the best of times, but having to queue to get into a supermarket where you have to go—it's not like you can just say, "Oh, stuff that there's a queue, I'm not going to bother." You have to join the line, and you have to queue to get into the supermarket, and you have to get in and get out as quickly as you can. So it became just this whole event having to go to the supermarket, which I resented because that wander around and what will I have and what will I pick up I mean that was gone you had to be more organized and more efficient and I am rubbish at pre-planning so I definitely had to kind of get my ass in gear and make a list which (laughs) I did not (laughs) ever do before I was a bit more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person and throw things in the basket and then it became this thing where if I went into the supermarket in the weeks after lockdown and they didn't have something, I couldn't think on the fly. So <laughs> the meal plan was just like the window. And yeah. that added to the, that definitely added to stress.
2: Oh, for sure. I can relate to that. Like living in Bulgaria, um, I'm just not, even after so much time here, I'm just not really used to what the supermarkets will consistently have, especially in terms of produce. And if I've planned a recipe and suddenly the store doesn't have what I need and it's not something that makes sense to just like swap it out with like a very close substitute I pretty much also have sort of like a meltdown on the spot I'm like but I can't make chicken and broccoli without broccoli what am I gonna do for some reason it's like lockdown happened and like in Australia and the US it was toilet paper and like For some reason in Bulgaria, it was broccoli. Like, all of a sudden, just broccoli disappeared. I'm like, maybe we lost, like, our broccoli (laughs) shipment. I don't know what happened. But for, like, a whole couple months, I couldn't find broccoli. But I always expected to be able to find it. And then, so, like, I planned for it, like, on my list, not remembering, hey, Allison, like, the other five times you wanted broccoli, which was, like, one of the only consistent vegetables I could usually find here, like, besides, like, you know, things like peppers and onions and stuff. Suddenly it was gone. But I'd still plan for it, like every week, like, Oh, you're gonna make a broccoli soup. You're gonna make this with broccoli and it just never was happening. I just kept you were getting that over. you of <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Well, because like because it was like it was the vegetable that like I always expected to be there. You know what I mean? It was like the 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 supposed like, you know, the omnipresent vegetable. Like, you know, there's like not a lot of vegetables that I can consistently rely on here to and apparently, broccoli isn't even one of them.
0: <laughs> I feel like this episode should be called I'm Anxious About the Impending Broccoli Shortage. <laughs>
2: We can subtitle it. I mean, that can be in the episode description. So
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny. I think we like secretly our new sponsor is like the Broccoli Growers <laughs> United. We're just making <laughs> making people feel this immense anxiety towards the lack of broccoli. Because like I know now I'm going to go out and buy up. like I'm going to buy a, probably an ungodly amount of broccoli the next yeah. time I just, just just because. Like
2: toilet paper <laughs> style. Just, you know, just freeze well, it if all. It was-
1: if it was toilet paper in the U.S. and broccoli in Bulgaria, Chris, what was it in, in Canada? Because it was eggs here. There was some sneaky bird pandemic that was going around the same time that they tried to keep hush-hush, but there was like no eggs to be found for weeks.
0: Yes. Yeah, so in Canada, um, this would be a question for Brie because I, um, as much as I've kind of shared things um, a little bit, it's been mostly Brie taking it on largely because I am uh kind of notoriously not bad shopper, but like the idea of like a one-way direction and having to get everything along the way and like not interacting with people is like sends me into a, a little bit of a tailspin just because like, I'm definitely the person who has a list that's, that gets really long, but I like can't quite figure out where anything is. Like I'm, I'm still firmly convinced that grocery stores are just not planned well at all because it's like, it seems like whatever I need is always the entire way across the store. It's just like, oh, um, you know, like I get something from aisle one and then I go to like aisle 17 and then they're just like, oh, that was in aisle one. And I just, seem like it's like this like sick joke that I just keep going back and forth and back and forth. So it turns out during this time I can't really do my back and forth. And um, and also, I mean, another reason that I kind of haven't been going that much is because I uh, free uh, kind of winded down with teaching and had hours, which were kind of enabled her to finish up a little bit early. Whereas I was, uh, trying to, uh, rebuild my business and life from the ground up. So, uh, breed gets partner of the year for tackling some of that. But, um, I can't, I can't remember if there was any one thing. Um, I know we were, um, nervous about not being able to get beer, but, um, we managed to manage to get lots of beer, which has been helpful until yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Then it wasn't helpful. Um, but it's, be, it's been interesting to see how, you know, different nations have responded to the the crisis and, um, grocery stores are kind of like ground zero for, for policy and implementation. Right. So mm-hmm, it's, it's kind of kind of interesting. I don't know about like where you guys are, um, are, but like, do you guys have like you, there's like a, it's like a, a one direction thing. There's like little arrows on the floor and you can only go one direction, and not go back to avoid contact. Is that just a Canada thing?
1: I think one or two supermarkets did that, but I mean, it's not really practical or enforceable because if you've legit forgotten something from aisle one, you cannot mm-hmm. be expected to just abandon it and yeah. not be able to get stuff. Yeah. So,
0: Especially if it's broccoli, right? Yeah, I mean, God yeah.
2: forbid. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like what kind of world do we live in? I mean, we have to deal with coronavirus and also no broccoli. Like, come on. <laughs>
1: definite end of days scenarios here.
2: Maybe the July plague will be the broccoli shortage. Maybe. <laughs> Cuz you know, it's like every month is like a new plague. So maybe that's maybe that's the the July plague.
1: I am going to laugh if it is. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm just going to actually just hoping in general that july might just be kind of like sunny and pretty and not have um any catastrophe do we do we think that's a possibility or is it uh, is that that's a firm possi-
2: no from me chris no <laughs> okay. i mean it's very cute that you hope that i mean that that does show your your inner canadian boy heart but um no <laughs> thank you I think <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know what it's gonna be but like i was gonna say locust but then i was like Oh, wait, that actually already happened. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, going back to the topic at hand and not just dis- shitting on 2020. Um, <laughs> um, we don't have that here. And if we did have it, Bulgarians would not, you know, would not follow it. It seems to be almost like we do have like a mask, um, mask on the face ordinance for, well, I don't know where the fuck else you'd put a mask. I mean, although people wear it around their necks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that you said that actually until you commented on it. I was just like, "Yes, the mask on the face ordinance. Very." <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair though, half the people I see wear it like pro- like, you know, like around their neck like or like dangling or- from the ear, <laughs> yeah. Um but like The workers at the supermarkets here just seem to like they're like almost like in a game of chickens. Like, how far can you go wearing a mask in name, but not actually getting any of the benefits of wearing a mask? And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you guys, (laughs) (laughs) you're in here for eight hours a day. Don't you want to, you know, be protected? But it's like it just looks like it's about to fall off of their face at any minute. And I'm like, all right just nothing I can do that's one thing that's been really hard for me with my anxiety is like I get really anxious about people not doing the right thing and sort of like people not being respectful members of a community that's sort of one thing that's always been a big anxiety trigger for me and it comes down to I think a lot of anxiety is triggered by a sensation of powerlessness and not being able to control scenarios or people or other things like that. And so for me, it one thing that I really struggled with was like the behavior of other people in supermarkets and being really frustrated with how people acted and like how uncareful some people were. And eventually I just had to be like, look, Allison, you need to like let go of trying to control what other people do because you can't. Um, people aren't going to do things the way that you like them. They're going to do things the way that they like them and hopefully it won't endanger you. But there's really not much you can actually do about that. You can only really just worry about yourself and protect yourself and do the things that you need to do when you get home, whether that's just like manically cleaning all of your, your groceries, which is like my new... It's not an anxiety. It's just something I absolutely hate is like you know, hosing everything down, practically, like getting the hazmat suit, like, you know, (laughs) disinfecting everything. And like, it just feels so apocalyptic, you know, just like, you know, like bleaching my package of tortellini. Like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, the tortellini bleaching.
1: (laughs) No, I understand that. That totally makes sense. Because it's the it's this sense of injustice that you're following the rules and you're doing what you're supposed to to be doing and when you see other people flaunting it or or not taking it as seriously I mean the stink eye comes out and the passive aggressive mumbling and the um you're welcome jerk kind of stuff as you're wandering around the supermarket which would never normally crop up because someone is wandering around with an ear-flapping mask or coughing into their hand or not covering them like just that kind of stuff where you're like oh my gosh, get into the bin with you quickly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and lock it and no Oreos for you in the bin. Those are mine. Yeah.
0: It's it's interesting to me, just uh, you, like if if you've been listening for a while, Kira, you know that I can't mm-hmm. help but go on like mild philosophical tirades.
3: No um, way. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, one thing that I've kind of noticed is that it's just been it, it's been frustrating for for me in the sense that I, f- I feel like to me this is a v- objectively a, a really scientific issue you know there's science to back up the way that we should be mm-hmm. behaving and yeah. yet politics has found its way into this and I think um, unfortunately like the grocery store seems to be a bit of a hotbed for people to either showcase their uh, their like abidance by the rules or their complete and utter um, refusal to follow them yeah. and so it's it's been this like it's been like a, a little bit of a covid boxing ring you know yeah
2: and i really feel for essential workers who are like thrust into the middle of that like you know they're not getting paid well for what they're being asked to do and suddenly you have to be someone's like i don't know like police officer slash therapist to be like put on the mask chad put on the mask
0: (laughs) i love i love how for some reason the customer has the name tag on chad (laughs) i don't know
2: i just i felt like they needed a name but i wanted it to be a man so i couldn't go with the obvious Karen so um
1: I see I use Marcus Marcus is my Karen version I'm like oh, oh,
2: marcus really Marcus I like that um, sorry
1: to Marcus I, is out there yeah no I
2: think of I used to have a student named Marcus and he was like he he basically acted like an old man in like a child's body and so for me now like Marcus is only an old man or like a child. Masquer no, an old man masquerading as a child. It's not- it can't be it can't be an asshole. It can't be a Chad. But I feel oh, like okay. a Chad can universally be reviled. But maybe because you're in Ireland, like you're yeah, we don't saved have of chads. the Chads. Uh, yeah. Free yeah. Free of snakes very, and free of lucky. Chads. <laughs> Are you actually free of snakes in Ireland or is that just like a, a myth?
1: No, no, there's no naturally um occurring snakes here. I mean, there's no there's no environment that hosts them i think they can't handle that i mean half of us can't handle the the climate but they definitely can't so there's no wild snakes just faffing around the place if you happen to see one then that's somebody's pet
2: that sounds like a magical wonderland i am very scared of snakes See, I don't know what
1: to do when I see a snake, because I'm like, ooh, are you a bitey one, or just a grabber? <laughs> are or, just, you're like, venomous? you venomous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: see, like, I'm from California, where we have tons of rattlesnakes, and it's super... I mean, they they hide, obviously, from people. They're not, like, out on a hunting rampage, but, like my dog has almost gotten bit by a rattlesnake my dad had to like decapitate a rattlesnake Ah. in his garage with a shovel so like for me the fear of snakes is like it's not like a it's not an actual phobia like I can see a snake and be like okay that's fine that snake is over there but like if a snake crosses my path I get really scared because I don't like their little moving bodies and I saw like a sea sea snake while I was at the at the Black Sea, and I did not enjoy that. It's really creepy when they're in the water. I don't like oh my their sea like, bodies. Oh, yeah. I
0: I, lo- I mean, I, I shouldn't say I like it uh, when they do that, but I like, <laughs> I I uh, I actually just saw a snake. I was up at my cottage a couple of days ago and there was this like, it's, it was a sizable snake, probably like a, a meter or two, it was a, a, a sizable guy. But uh, water snakes are actually are, are really good for the ecosystem. If I mean the the venomous snakes are another story. Like I feel like that is the stuff of nightmares. Um, but the ones that are like pretty benign and they they're they're good for the water. And um, Bree still gets a little squeamish around them. Like I we were swimming literally, and then we I saw a snake, and I was like, "Oh, Bree, watch out!" And we got out of the water, and uh, and the snake was right there, and was- uh, I, I was fine with it. I think I used to have more anxieties around it, but like. So like, we talk a lot on the podcast about like reframing and to make things feel okay. And like, I think for some reason, because I've tied the water snakes to the health of the lake, I'm kind of like, (laughs) and the lakes, the lakes gotten a lot cleaner as of late. Like now to me, the narrative is not like run for your dear life from this (laughs) like demon creature. It's more (laughs) like, oh, look, the snakes are coming back because the lake's getting healthier. You can see the
1: ecological benefits of, of them cohabiting. Whereas I'm just like. Oh, water worm. Oh, my God. No, danger noodle. Like, there's a no. (laughs) Danger (laughs) noodle. I
0: I kind of feel like my argument's kind of ruined now and I should start getting anxious again because I have this example of Ireland being like, yeah, actually, we're good, Chris. Uh, (laughs) Like, things are very green and thriving over here without your disgusting little worms.
2: (laughs) I'm, like, fine with snakes in theory. It's only when they move that I start to bug out like a snake in a cage or like a snake afar we're cool i don't i don't have any problems with you but like if you start to do their little wiggle body things like oh no i don't like that no thank you i think it's the fact that they're just so like so sinewy but they're also super strong and the way that they move is like they move just by momentum and just by going back and forth and this has nothing to do with grocery stores guys Really, i know yeah we really this is we've taken a lot of meandering tangents i like i like the
0: meandering you know yeah. I, I i in like in a in like a narcissistic power mood like i, I often <laughs> listen to our podcasts when i'm walking and uh
2: like yeah like,
0: yeah i sound good
2: wow yeah, I that I good. real funny right
0: chris now
2: i just gave you a chad voice so enjoy. thank you yeah
0: i was really i was wondering about that i was like i guess, I guess that's how i sound to people um and this is gonna be no, really meta. Just,
2: no this is just another one of my my voice impressions as I, as I ho- yeah as i hope to be cast as a voice actor yeah.
0: well this is gonna be really really meta because now i'm gonna be listening to myself talking about listening to myself while walking um <laughs> So this is going to be And you're going to be heavy.
2: probably walking while you're listening to yourself talking. I'm just going to be <laughs> I'm going to be walking
0: along with my headphones in, and all of a sudden that that part's going to come, and I'm just going to fall over, like <laughs> kind of like you know, like, I don't know. Anyways, I hope not. But um, I think actually these these little diversions are like what makes it this podcast fun. So I I don't even stress about it anymore. Like I don't listen, I don't re-listen to the episodes. I edit myself. We we do the editing like alternately, but I do listen to the episodes that I don't edit, and uh, and I find actually like I think we find. You know how you can find strength in diversity? I think we find strength in diversions.
2: Yeah. yeah. Plus
1: it gives ideas for other podcast titles, like anxious about wildlife. Yep.
0: And, and snakes and all that kind of stuff. I um, think it's
2: about <laughs> creepy snake body movements.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, but I guess before everybody who signed up for the grocery store episode decides to just end things, um, and take, take their ear, just take their headphones out, leave them on the ground and walk away. Um, it, you, you mentioned Kira that you like, you ha- had felt some anxiety and trepidation towards the grocery store during this time. Like, ha- did you have any strategies that you use to try and combat that or get over that? Or like, did you have any way that you changed your mindset towards it to help? Or is it still sort of a difficult place to, to enter at this time? I'm just kind of curious about how, I mean, obviously I'm guessing um, that you've gone to the grocery store more than once in three months. <laughs> um, so I'm just <laughs> yeah. curious how, how was that progression been and have you found anything particularly helpful
1: um I used to go in the evenings and I kind of figured there was a shortage of some bits and pieces anyway so by the time I got to the supermarket in the evenings there was even less and I just had to deal with what was there and then when people kind of copped on and behaved themselves and stopped bulk buying all of the things that they really didn't need then there was more food available like it would have been pre COVID. So I found going in the evening meant that there was less chance of, of running into people because they were eating dinner at that time. So I went later or, I mean, I'm not an early morning person. So the one time that I went early, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> so it was, it was an evening event.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I, I know Bree's kind of experiment, like done some like AB testing with that or will like try different times and see um, kind of what, suits her and i think she actually we um and this is just actually kind of like a, a a bit kind of sad in my opinion but um at first the first time she went to the grocery store it was kind of like overrun and people were panic buying and stuff and i think it like she would come back kind of a little bit frazzled at at times and um we actually started going to the grocery store, there's this big, beautiful grocery store in Koreatown in Toronto. And I think sadly, uh, people weren't going to that grocery store because uh, really some like racism towards wow. sticking clear of air, uh, you know, Toronto for people who don't know is, is really functions more like a big hotel or kind of everybody has their own room here. And uh, so you have areas that are like a little Korea and a uh, Koreatown and all these places, which are, Fantastic! It's actually what makes our city great, but um, people were avoiding avoiding the supermarket. So Purie and uh, or we would just go to to that grocery store because it was there was less people there, and we could support you know local business. I feel like local businesses are struggling during this time, so it just mm-hmm. felt like we could help out that way. But uh, it, I, I figured that's worth mentioning just because it's uh, like this whole situation that we've been put into. I think has been emotional for everybody. I was talking yesterday with my friend um, just about the fact like it's been a time for a lot of clarity. Like you, I, I've figured out who people are in spades during this time, yep. you know, by, by their actions and things like that. Like, and it's been a tremendous learning experience for all of us, but I've also, I've learned a lot about myself, but a lot about other people too and the way they've handled this.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know I've, I found that when you were presented with choosing the big corporation, the big supermarket or choosing local producers. Insofar as was possible, you were encouraged to shop local, and shop local meant online shopping. So there's um, two bloggers called Gastro who are the nicest guys, Russell and Patrick. They compiled this huge um, list of Irish suppliers that were delivering nationwide during this, so that you had a plethora of of people to contact and ask could you get jams or meats or seafoods or or vegetables delivered I mean within your area or your region or whatever but it led me to discover a few suppliers that I hadn't known about or some restaurants did at-home kits so you still got to support a restaurant or or a company that were doing boxes of samples of their goods and it while it was great because you got your your cheeses or your salamis or your jams or your your fish or whatever you also felt kind of good about yourself because you were supporting somebody who may not otherwise be able to to keep their business going because they didn't have the Sunday or the Saturday farmers markets or they didn't have access to their regular customer supply chain
2: yeah Mm. yeah I think it's been it's definitely great that you guys are able to support local I think it's the best thing to do whenever you can and I know so many businesses have been impacted. Asian owned businesses have been really impacted by really misplaced racism. I mean, all mm-hmm. racism is misplaced. I didn't need that qualifier, but um, I just think that it's really unfortunate that so many people took a virus and just felt like they needed a scapegoat. And it mm-hmm. just really just allowed something that probably was always sort of festering in the background to come to the forefront. So I really feel for all the Asian-owned businesses that are suffering in this time. Um, we don't have that many Asian-owned businesses in Bulgaria. Shocking, I know. Um, but I do try to support the ones that are around. I have a local Vietnamese restaurant that does takeaway, so I've been going there. And uh, I try to support local farms where I can. Um, by, I use an online grocery delivery service for most of my uh, produce and that sort of thing. And they work with smaller farms and it's much more like i don't have to worry about broccoli shortages with online shopping because it's either there it's not you know and then i can make an alternate plan from the comfort of my own bed instead of wondering what the hell i'm gonna do when i'm in there
0: um (laughs) but do you have the do you have the substitute thing on like i know in in uh in canada and when we were living in turkey like you would ask for an item and then you'd be like and if they don't have that like i'm fine with whatever else like let's say you're like you want one brand of graham crackers uh, for some strange reason and (laughs) you decide like you know what i'll accept the other graham cracker brand um i don't know who the hell's eating graham crackers but anyways i was just gonna say that i and you can uh Take it back after this but i was just gonna gonna say that it's interesting though because they sometimes get pretty liberal with it so like in your case allison when you ordered um 47 heads of broccoli (laughs) uh, then like they would be like oh well we don't have any broccoli so i am going to give allison 47 eggplants and it was like like they're making these bold moves now uh, with substitutes where it's like i'm sorry (laughs) In no world during any circumstances is (laughs) broccoli (laughs) an eggplant.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, this the local grocery um service I use they pretty much just said that because they had to scale really fast because online grocery delivery wasn't a big thing in Bulgaria and got a shout out to eBag because they really turned it out during this pandemic, they were really great. Um, despite like the huge demands, like there were times where like I had to sometimes start refreshing my computer literally at midnight to place an order for like two days from then. But I mean, they, they worked it out, they got more staff, and they really kept the customer service super, super positive. Um, this is not sponsored by eBag, FYI, although if you do <laughs> want to sponsor us, I mean, I'm an, I'm an easy sell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. broccoli and, uh, again we,
0: i was gonna say we just want to thank the broccoli growers association <laughs> of the world as well your support has meant everything to us um yeah. and um. Uh, the 74 cents that you've given us to sponsor this episode uh, Yeah. It's just we'll going just right go to back, right?
2: Yeah, and it'll just go right back into your pocket because I'm really craving some, like, broccoli cheddar soup right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, they pretty much said that they don't have the capacity to manage substitutions, so they'll just issue you a, like, refund coupon, basically, that you can apply to your next purchase if they don't have what you oh, ordered. Okay. So I think that's actually, like, they they just said pretty much to their customers we can't manage changes or replacements. It's just like too much of a pain. And we're really just trying to get these orders out there to people, especially vulnerable people and people who don't want to be going to the grocery store. So we're sorry, but at this time, like we can't do that. But I actually think that's good. Like I don't want to be ending up with eggplant when I want broccoli, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So It's not a
1: pleasant surprise if you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I mean, even just
2: being able to get groceries delivered is such a luxury. It's something I really don't take for granted. So, like, if they're out of something, I'm never upset about it. I'm like, well, this food just magically came to me. That's pretty freaking cool. Um, (laughs) And it's just something that is a a fixture of modern life that I feel like wasn't I never would have expected as a kid that like I would never have to go to the grocery store if I didn't want to I just like always saw my mom go almost every day and just figured oh that's what adults do but now it's like oh I can just use e-bag for almost everything and then I just pop into the little grocery store um beneath my house when there's something that I forgot that I really need um and that's kind of just how I do it now I just really try not to be in the big grocery stores they just get too crowded and it just makes me super super anxious especially as soon as one thing on my list isn't there the whole thing is just like it's like in the restaurant episode when I said that like if what I wanted to order isn't on the menu I have that same situation happen when I'm in the grocery store it's like one thing is not available and then it's like this house of bricks comes tumbling down. It's like, well, I needed this ingredient for this recipe as well. Should I just not get this now? Like I'm just very inflexible when I'm grocery shopping, which is really weird because I'm very flexible when I'm cooking, you know? So I don't know where it comes from, but I have it in my head that if I don't have all the right ingredients from the start, that it's like ruined. And my husband is Brazilian and they don't think that like There's no rhyme or reason to what goes together in his head, at least. Like, I don't know how it is in other parts of Brazil, but I mean, I was in Brazil right before the pandemic really geared up. We were actually in Brazil and he took me to a hot dog place because Brazil is famous for their hot dog. They're really weird hot dogs. And like, I ate a hot dog. I swear to God, it had like four kinds of cheese. It had cashews in it, like whole cashews. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, and you a nut dog is what you ate you had a nut dog <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: i mean it was it was something it was just bizarre they call it "dug out," which just means big dog in portuguese but like uh it's and in sao paulo they put like they put mashed potatoes on on their hot dogs and that's like a thing like i had pizza wow. with mashed potatoes on it Brazil is this, no. Brazil is like a fever dream like it's a wonderful country it's a wonderful country I love it I had so much fun um Brazilian Portuguese is like so such a beautiful cool expressive language but sometimes Brazil just does not make sense whatsoever especially in the food and I'm sorry like 80 percent of the time it's delicious 20 percent of the time I'm like what crossed your mind to put this on this
0: <laughs> that's fantastic I like I love how you described it as a fever dream where you're like what the hell is going on here it sounds a like a fever dream and I like I've, I'm just in general COVID aside I've, I've never really I've never loved the supermarket like I've never been someone who's like hurrah today is Saturday I shall go forth to the supermarket you know like Hurrah! I don't know why I'm like in like a <laughs> like 1700s or like a, like a, like a, med, a medieval wanderer all a I sudden. think we but pick I... a
2: time period to embody on every episode and sometimes it just comes forth. Like we had like rodeo day. I was a fainting Victorian woman the other episode <laughs> and, and now you're a wandering 1700s, like a Don Quixote, like... Does that check out, like, time-wise, fellow English major? I think so.
0: Yeah, although, like, if I was wandering around in the 17th century or, like, in, like, the true medieval times back in the day and I was looking for a grocery store, people would think I was nuts. They'd be like, tend to your farm, good sir. That is where the goods are.
2: (laughs) Reap and thou shall (laughs) sow.
0: Which is actually a really good segue, uh, believe it or not, to talking. I I just wanted to, again, like, reiterate that it's been – one like i'm i'm big on the idea of stoicism you know which is the idea that like in essence i mean it's it's complicated but in in essence it's um talking about the fact that like our it's not that things have gone terribly wrong and we should all panic it's our mistake was in thinking that things you know weren't capable of going this wrong you know and and so stoicism is kind of like i guess i just accept this and move forward as best as possible in some way yeah I feel like a lot of things have become eye opening, particularly to do with like the way that the f- um, farms are, are are like our access to just going straight to the source. I feel like we can all really kind of learn learn from that and and uh, and these markets that are like I'm definitely going to go to a lot more markets where I can just get things straight from from people. And uh, I'm also seeing and I'm curious um, if you guys have seen in, any initiatives like this as well on on this side of things, like a, on a creative side of things. But there's a winery. That I um, like for Bree's birthday, I was looking for something which was a little bit more exciting than the interior of our apartment. Like, what <laughs> what could I do to like spruce it up? We had to stay in anyways, but I was like, what can I do to spruce it up? And there was a winery that they shipped you four different wine bottles, and they made a video where they walked you through a tasting. And then we had cheese from a local cheese uh, place in a town near uh, Toronto, where like you literally did like a wine and tea- cheese tasting from home. And it was like, that's something that like that winery never would have had that creative impulse to do that. And I'm curious if you guys have seen, um, I guess, uh, in the vein of uh, getting away from the medieval and talking about like creative (laughs) stuff in the present, if you've seen people take this moment to do something interesting like that.
1: Definitely. I think people's creative streak and need to keep their businesses going in whatever form they could brought out a side that dare I say it I'll nearly miss when everything goes back to normal because for a while there was stuff like quarantini boxes that you could <laughs> order and some bars were sending out the gubbins to make maybe two or three types of cocktails or maybe they were martinis I, I don't know I didn't order it but there was restaurant kits so restaurants that would send out I mean there was a, a steak restaurant in the city Featherblade that did these bacon cheeseburgers which were incredible and they would send them out to you and you could just stick them on the grill yourself and you have that restaurant experience at home so it's dining out but dining in that mm. was creative and fun but you didn't have to leave your home so I think the restaurants and the, the companies that did decide to go down the creative route will definitely be remembered because it was something outside of the ordinary it was something yeah. To kind of like you did for Brie, something different, something fun. I know there was a couple of companies like that, wine companies, I think alcohol probably lends itself <laughs> to this more easily, where you could sign up and they would have a, a Zoom or a, a, an Instagram live where they were doing wine tastings and you would have pre-bought the wine. So you would have a bunch of people from everywhere drinking
3: mm. along
1: and then they could type in the comments, which was really fun because I mean, what else are you going to be doing right in the evening during all of this if you haven't already got a hectic work schedule you're going to be wine tasting from your living room so it was definitely a fun I mean I feel awful saying fun considering how awful the whole pandemic thing really is but it it was definitely a a lighter sure element to to the whole dining at home experience
2: yeah we haven't had too much in the way of like really creative business ventures that I've seen I think that's just sort of the mentality here is a little less creative, shall I say, and a little more like rigid and thinking inside the box. But one thing I did love was a Mexican restaurant here. And uh, like one of the only Mexican restaurants in Sofia uh, that actually has like real corn tortillas. They started doing like takeout taco boxes so you could make your own tacos at home, yeah. which I thought was super cool. And I actually like, I felt like almost like a drug dealer because I was like, hey, um, can you? I need to get some corn tortillas. Can you like? Can you sell some corn tortillas? And I like was messaging the guy over <laughs> Facebook, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll send it over with a with a courier <laughs> right now." And I bought like I don't know, like thirty euros worth of corn tortillas. That's an obscene amount of corn tortillas. Because <laughs> yeah. corn tortillas, I can't find them in. Oh no, they're not.
1: They're they're really hard to find. Yeah,
2: they're really hard to find in Europe. And like as a Californian, it's something I take for granted. And also as a Californian, I stubbornly refuse to eat flour tortillas even though I know they actually are like an acceptable substitute and are actually used in northern Mexico I like I I just I'm just like no no it needs to be corn it needs to be corn flour is for burritos and like that's it like I just have it like categorized in my head that like flour tortillas are for taco bell for like (laughs) shitty quesadillas that you make yourself when you're high and burritos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want this color to crack out the flour tortillas, but otherwise.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode is not sponsored by the Flour Tortilla Council. <laughs> but yeah, that actually, <laughs> that actually brings me into just like one thing that I wanted to talk about is like a lot of my anxiety about the supermarket stems from a kind of homesickness from living abroad and chris i know you can probably speak to this as well having lived in turkey for a while kira have you ever lived abroad or have you always been um... yeah
1: actually that's funny that you brought that up because i was only thinking something else that that definitely triggered anxiety in me was when i lived in italy and and going to the separate like the fishmonger and the butcher and the oh, cheese yeah. place and like something you had said before in one of the previous episodes, like I sound like such a super fan, but you know, it was we love you. To pet shop and you're ordering in Bulgarian or getting stuff in the, in Bulgarian and you don't want to look like a moron. Yeah. But you're trying to ask for stuff and you could go to the supermarket initially, obviously, and get all your bits and pieces. But it said that the quality of stuff in um the fish shop or, or in the Mechaleria or wherever you're going to get your, your bits and pieces that you should go to the specialist rather than the supermarket. So when you're learning a new language and you're going to one of these places, you really want to get what you came in for. You don't want to look like an utter gombean, but you were definitely going to come across as a halfwit when you go in (laughs) and ask for, I can't even remember how much it was a tub of, of peaches I wanted to, to get, but it was pesche or peaches and, and pesca is no it's the other way around anyway um I had a, up asking for a tub of fish instead of a tub of, of peaches <laughs> and I was like
0: a little bit different
1: gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like with the pesca peach and the pesche fish you just do not want to get them mixed up so <laughs> the anxiety around some anxiety around supermarkets is if you have to go up to the butchers and you're yeah. like okay I want the meat but I don't know what it's called and I want yeah. to make this dish and you just sound like I need food for the food. Can you just give me the food? And they're like, but what do you want? And you're like, I don't know, like a cut of food.
2: (laughs) Your choice, really. Just I want to get out of here. Just give me something that I could eat. I just don't want to make a choice. Because I was
1: scarred, like absolutely scarred. And I'll never forget this. I went in to get what I wanted were were prawns in their shells so that they would be this whole delicious seafood thing that I was going to make. And they didn't have the prawns and that was me stumped. So I was like, right, I've bought everything else for this except the prawns. So I said to the guy, Well, what could you substitute? And he was like, Oh, you could use Chicale di mare. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I said, Are those are those prawns? And he, <laughs> like fixated. I must have said the word prawns about fifteen times. And he was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. And like without playing the the tourist foreigner cards, I don't know whether he was just like, She doesn't know any better. I'm just gonna give her these what were effectively the most disgusting bottom feeders that looked like they had two eyes on their butt. It was <laughs> <the most> <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> you couldn't get the meat out. There was, they weren't prawns. Yes, they had shells, but that was about the extent of it. I mean, they were like... Unidentified bottom eaters. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. They were gross. And I was traumatized, so I said, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to order the food that I want until I'm fluent. So we just don't eat until I'm fluent. <laughs>
0: I love, I, I'm just imagining, I, you know, I'm in a past life. I came to visit you in Italy and it's just like, and for dinner tonight, we are going to have prawn like crustaceans exactly. and a fish cobbler since I couldn't find peaches.
1: exactly. And you're going to enjoy yeah. it. And you're not going to say anything because the tears are rolling down my cheeks. Yeah,
0: yeah. You'll, you'll notice the eyes on their bums. Um, crustacean oh, eyes. They're very delicious. They're a delicacy.
2: Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's go ahead, Allison you can comment oh on it yeah a little bit no, and talk about your experience
2: that that story reminded me a little bit of the first time I went to Turkey. It was back in two thousand and twelve and it was in the off season and now I find that a lot of people in Turkey speak English, but I don't know, just something about being there in like February two thousand and twelve. It was like no one spoke any English and my I didn't speak any Turkish, so I was just like totally lost and so, like, I had very laboriously, like, written out how to order, like, a, like, a, I wanted, like, a pound or, like, half pound of baklava to take home. I knew I had to do it in kilos, so I, like, wrote out, like, you know, like, okay, but for some reason in my head, it was easier to think, like, a hot, like, a quarter kilo than, like, 200 grams because I'm American. I can't even conceptualize the <laughs> metric system. I'm like, okay, so it's, it's kilograms or nothing, right? So I kept trying to ask for, like a quarter kilogram but like that putting it through google translate like this man must have just thought i was like insane probably just saying like 25 kilogram or something like really. <laughs> okay you probably just want a kilogram so he gave me a kilogram of baklava which oh like gosh. that is like enough to give you diabetes just with the sheer, sheer amount of sugar in it and it'll go bad in a couple of days so like i ate a whole kilogram of baklava over the course of two days and then for three years after that I couldn't look at baklava which is sad because it's so delicious and I love it again now but like truly baklava turned my stomach after that experience for like three years because I didn't want to waste it because I spent like way too much money on it, but he had already put it in the box and packaged it up. And I was like, oh shit, that's way too much. Like he definitely did not <laughs> understand what I was saying, but I like was too anxious to like actually tell him, please like put some back. And even though that would have been totally fine, he would have just like, you know, laughed it off and been like, okay, no problem. I was too scared. So it's just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to give myself diabetes on this. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do have a lot of anxiety about shopping in a foreign country. It's just hard sometimes when you don't fully speak the language to just know what you're getting, you know, and it's like, yes,
1: just yeah, like- or if you can see them making with, you can see the mistake happening but you don't know how to stop it so like that yeah. you're like oh crap this is a kilo of, mm. of this is not what i want yeah or you've asked for, yeah. for a block of parmesan and he's grating it and you're like oh, shit this yeah. is not too at all gone. what i wanted it's too far gone and you're like yes thank you i'm gonna take my sack of grated parmesan when that's not at all what i need Yeah. <laughs> and enjoy it <laughs>
0: it's, it's gonna get its own suitcase <laughs> on the way home yeah. <laughs> the amount of parmesan I, I i was gonna say this is gonna be one of those moments where there, i think it will show that we're a little bit uh, different in our experience uh, particularly Allison because I I loved going to the grocery store in Turkey and that was
1: because you didn't know what you were coming back with (laughs) um,
0: well no I spent I spent a long time like I studied Turkish fervently and I feel like the Turks really really appreciate people trying to learn their language and so like almost like when I did speak passable Turkish they were almost kind of like shocked and and I think like I was excited about being able to speak Turkish so I always like to put myself in situations like I would like at the beginning my haircuts with this like one guy in my neighborhood were like five minutes and then by the end they were like an hour and a half and I'd come back like a little drunk off Raqqa and stuff like that <laughs> and like and so I loved it so I loved going to the local community and some of the places around and getting to know the people because they're really warm and friendly uh, people and, and they let yeah. you in pretty easily but I, I was, like, a big loser in the sense that I, like, some. sometimes I'd be, like, oh, Brie, like, what do we need? And she'd be, like, "Um, some apples or whatever. And, like, I'd be, like, I know the word for apple. You know, and like, I'd go out and I'd be, like, you know, but Karma Senus, excuse me. Like, I would, like, be, like, uh, you know, I'd, do you, like, Elma Larvarma, like, do you have apples? And then he would be, like, "Uh, Evet, yeah, we do. And I'd be, like, you know, I, I would use all of my diction around <laughs> apples and, like, study it. I guess that one of the difficulties, really, is just that you can't find certain things, um, but you you can find other things. And and one thing that was really eye opening for me in Turkey was that the like surprise, surprise, like markets and uh, were all reflective of what was growing at the time. So you know, like I don't, I would just, I there'd be a month where I would just eat nothing but watermelon <laughs> until I hated it, and then there'd be a month till I ate nothing but cucumbers until I hated it, and uh, and then I you know, I think back to like in Canada and I'm like, why don't we do that more in Canada? You know, like, I feel like we should, we should hone in on that. But anyways, that's for another episode um, when we dive into <laughs> produce and can really make sure we cash yeah. in like, and <laughs> ship them the broccoli growers.
1: Get your affiliate links in there. Yeah, <laughs> and to yeah exactly. Yeah. Broccoli and box. I just we, we...
0: <laughs> I'm going to do like, redo all my channels. I'm just going to like get rid of traveling Mitch and be like broccoli boy. Um, and I think, I think broccoli. this will be great, but I, I just noticed the traveling broccoli, exactly. I just noticed that uh, we've we've been chatting for a good amount of time, which is a good sign because if the conversation was really labored and it, I looked up and it was like 12 minutes, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is out of control. But uh, thankfully, we've, we've actually, we've done a good number. and have gone a lot of directions. It's been really a fantastic conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Whether our <laughs> listeners have, who knows. Um, but I know I'm sure they have and I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they have. But I did want to just uh, ask you, Akira, like, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on related to grocery stores, or anything else that you wanted to to get to um, before we kind of wrap up? Just Alice and I have a propensity to never <laughs> shut up, and um, and that can lead, you know, what I would imagine could leave somebody with something left to say and never being able to do it. So. Um, I'm just going to put you on the spot. Um, and you can feel free to say, no, nope, nothing, but, uh, I figured I'd give you the chance if there's anything. You're so good. No, awesome. to be
1: honest, we seem to have touched on everything. I mean, this was definitely a really fun conversation and considering it's about things that make us anxious and, and queasy and, and squirm inside. It was hilarious. And I definitely really enjoyed talking about the, the meandering supermarket <laughs> et al that we ended up
2: chatting about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah fantastic allison was there anything else you wanted to touch upon before we do a little the old wrap up
2: yeah there's just one thing um so one thing that had sort of related to what we were just talking about is like in supermarkets like little is like a big pan-european chain here like mm-hmm. they translate the ingredients in the back um into like i don't know usually like 12 different languages none of which are usually very helpful to me because it's like done regionally. So like it'll be like Czech, Slovak, Polish, Romanian, Bulgarian, and like Greek. And so like I'm usually left scanning between like three different languages trying to be like, okay, where can I find what I know? Okay, so I know a little bit of the Bulgarian here. And surprisingly, I usually just end up going to the romanian part because it's a romance language so i can at least make some heads or tails of the ingredients if it's something i'm like what the hell is this like if it's like, a <laughs> thing, uh, like what is inside this or like because i have an allergy to uh like stevia which is common in like a lot of like supposedly healthy foods i do have to check the labels to make sure that like the sweeteners are not um stevia or aspartame so like I do have to sometimes look at like the labels for that and so it's always like a ridiculous like it doesn't really make me anxious at all like it's just something that's kind of like annoying so I just wanted to talk about how it feels like a treasure hunt trying to find like words that you can you can find because it's usually just done like by region like okay all of Eastern Europe gets this whole this whole translation on the back everyone will be fine with that right and I'm like Raising my hands, like, where's the English, please? I want the English menu. Um, that's that's voice number two for this episode, I believe. Thank <laughs> you. I was just to know that. Yeah, we, we had, had Chad, uh, and we had um, Karen in Italy. No, we, had,
0: we had Chris as okay, Chad, we had, okay, Chris as Chad, and
2: we had Karen's first trip abroad. Um, <laughs> so that's you know I'm versatile. Hollywood. You I don't actually want to live so. in Hollywood because I'm a Northern California elitist. <laughs> but if you'd like someone to work remotely and condescend to you about your half of the state, <laughs> you know where to find me. I'm doing a hand movement. That's important to me. <laughs> it's
0: it's kind of sad actually. we been doing this long enough that I I feel like I can picture you really doing the hand movement. Sometimes like I, I do think.
2: Sometimes I need to narrate my hand movements. It must be like my Italian grandmother coming through it. It's like, they can't see you. They don't know how you feel. Shout a little bit about your hands. That'll, that'll do it.
0: <laughs> I was, I was going to say we've come full circle, but we'd really just gone yeah. in strange diagonal lines yeah. all I over mean,
2: If anyone is expecting a full circle and... You should know by now that all you're getting is like a child's squiggle drawing while they're waiting for their food at a restaurant. <laughs> this is a take your pencil for
1: your, for a walk type of scenario. Yeah, this is
2: not a get to the point <laughs> podcast. Um, this is a you have a lot of time, so do we. Let's let's chat. Let's get okay. let's get down to business. <laughs> Or don't. Let's not get down to but business. Exactly. Let's just go. It, yeah. Let's just go in circles for a yeah. long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in this
0: episode, we're talking about supermarkets. So if we could spend twelve to thirteen minutes talking about snakes, <laughs> that would be
2: great. how many words can we use to describe a snake? <laughs> what did you call? Like a scary noodle? A oh, danger, a danger noodle. noodle. That was a danger
3: was... noodle. Or like a, a rope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The best part about this is like Elsa and I don't actually plan like new topics really. We just wait to record and see (laughs) things come up. So now we know we need an episode of Danger Noodles and yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Chad, a few other people. But, anyways, it's I I think it's I think it's hilarious. At first, like be honest with you, when we started recording, I was like a little scared to listen to it because I was like, I wonder if like I'm just going to have to realize that um this is only funny to us you know and like I actually listened to it and I was like laughing out loud a little bit and Brie was listening to it and I was like hey Brie like objectively is this good and she's like yeah it's objectively funny like and I think she said something like yeah Allison's really funny I was like how's that (laughs) like am I not funny and like I'm like do I have a complex I need to create like I was like what if I created one more anyways it's fun uh it's really it's actually really really fun to to have guests on because it's we get that third uh that third perspective and and then you can objectively tell us if we're lost (laughs) as well so that's um but um it looks like we all made it through and
1: well done team yeah
0: yeah, exactly and uh here do you want to hear a transition we also made it through the past week and
3: you
0: get to Exactly. Thank you. I shall accept that in the mail. I'm not going to the post office. Oh, that's in another.
2: Lieu... Oh, we're doing an episode on the post office. Called it. Okay. <laughs> Sweet.
0: Okay, I'm game. I feel very archaic, like back. It's like back back to the medieval thing. Like I, sh- I shall post this by pigeon.
2: Sometimes, though, you need something in the post office, and I have some Bulgarian post office stories that will entertain.
0: <laughs> Leave you in yeah. shock and awe. Well, to. Next time we shall dive in that. But um, to get back to my transition, which was almost ruined and <laughs> ruptured, each week brings ups and downs, and each day brings ups and downs, and sometimes each hour brings ups and ups and downs. Um, but we always finish our episodes uh, effectively, creating a full circle that doesn't exist by talking about one thing that we're patting ourselves on the back for. And this is an easy time, so I'd love to ask you both. Um, and uh, I guess that's ambiguous because <laughs> you're not going to know who to talk first. So Kira, <laughs> go first. Um, yeah, just something that you felt like, oh, you know what? Like this really could have set me off the rails. It could be about a grocery store. It's could, could not, but just anything where you're thinking, I, you know what? I'm pretty happy with the way I handled that and I deserve a pat on the back.
1: Um, I, that's funny that you actually did the adulting episode, um, recently because it was one of those adulting phone conversations that i needed to have so i was sent um, a package in error from a company and i being the good citizen um that i am rang them straight away and i was like oh ho, oh, oh, this this is not i didn't order this you guys have sent this to me in error and um i sent it back to them and i paid the postage and everything and they were like oh we'll refund you and i was like okay that's that's cool because i haven't bought this and now i have to pay to post it back and they never did and i was dreading making that phone call where i had to be like mm, you owe me postage and i felt like such a dweeb like such a can you please give me my postage back <laughs> and i was putting it off for <laughs> ages and this week i rang and i was like hey how's it going that postage and i was just fully assertive on the phone even though in my apartment i was like mm, oh my goodness oh my goodness and i was just really proud of myself for not letting it slide because as something Alison had said before about just letting things accumulate and then they become this big this big thing and then you just put off dealing with them all because the thought of them is worse than the actual thing itself so I think adulting wins deserve gold yes, stickers and gold stars yes. for sure
2: yeah I also have an adulting win to share um so I have to renew my residency here in Bulgaria which anything that involves Bulgarian bureaucracy usually like reduces me to tears But I successfully went to the migration office and requested my document and am in the process of completing the application. And it actually didn't scare me. Like the migration office went super smoothly, even though like this is what drives me crazy, though. Like I'm at the, the window for at the migration office for EU citizens and their families, and the woman there doesn't speak any language other than Bulgarian. And I'm like, but this is the EU desk. This is not, you know like what like, what, what language do you, do you think that people migrating here? are gonna are gonna speak like they're not gonna (laughs) come here speaking Bulgarian but anyway we got through it with some charades and some she was lovely like you know there's a when there's a will there's a way with communication a lot of the time you can kind of get the point across it's just more like annoys me that like structurally they didn't deem this to be a position where there should be an English speaker (laughs) so anyway so I handled all of that in Bulgarian um okay And should be getting the documents and continuing on with the residency uh, pretty soon. But that was like a big kind of like cloud that was looming over my head. And there was like some talk about like maybe there being some sort of like automatic extension due to COVID. But like I could never really get like a straight answer on that. So I, I just decided like let's not not get a straight answer on that. Let's just like move forward and just do this residency thing. And so I am doing that. I'm just adulting all over the place, taking my dog to the vet <laughs> to get his teeth cleaned. Um, because, yeah, wow. we, yeah you no, wow. we got him like after five years in the shelter and his teeth are just like atrocious. Like, I don't even know how they're still in his mouth. So um, we <laughs> are taking him to the vet and doing that. I also have to plan some doctor's visits, but I'm actually going to do it. I'm not just saying I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do it. So, like, I just feel kind of motivated to adult because, like, I successfully did this one thing. And now I'm like, yeah, I can handle it all. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you get bonus points, though. I mean, I don't know how adulting in Turkey or adulting in Bulgaria manages to trump adulting in general but I definitely think it it does because you've got the added language element so I think if you are able to function as an adult human and complete tasks that you should be able to do in another language you get an ice cream sandwich and a gold
2: star oh my god now I really want an ice cream sandwich damn you Kira now I have to go to the grocery (laughs) store
1: (laughs) yeah do they do they
0: think they have the um the famous flavor no (laughs) You you know what I
2: miss more than anything I think you guys probably don't have it In California, we have these ice cream sandwiches called It's It. I don't know why it's called that, but it's like the most perfect (sighs) chocolate chip cookie with the most perfect ice cream covered in the most perfect thin shell of chocolate. And it's just, I don't know why it's so simple, but it's the best. If you're ever in California, I think it's only in like California because I could... I think I found it once in New York when I was living there. I was like, whoa guys. But it's like it's like just under in and out as like a California experience. So just like a shout out to It's It, sponsor okay. me, send me No, don't actually please All don't the because sandwich. they would just like rotten customs at the Bulgarian airport because I would just avoid picking them up because I'm scared of the post office. But um when I'm back in California in eighty million years because pandemic um, sponsor me then. <laughs> we should probably stop joking it. about sponsors yeah, well, all the time because people are just going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> people are desperate. <laughs>
0: I stand behind our decision. To all right. That.
2: What about you, Chris?
0: Yeah. So firstly, I just wanted to point out that um, just I, I'm just putting forth the theory that recording the adulting episode might have resulted in you becoming I think it did help
2: result. I really do well I had a um, couple of realizations you know yeah
0: yeah and I think hopefully that extended to our um to our listeners you know I think it's and like I I, I know that there were some circumstances for me over the last week or so or, or whatever where I thought to myself like I'm just getting better at objectively looking at my viewpoints because I talk about this stuff all the time so hopefully that's the same for for all our listeners but well done on both of you that's um i I know those circumstances for me both both like in both cases can send me a little bit of uh like send me a little bit overboard and then it becomes bigger like it's it's kind of that notion that we've talked about before on the show a few times where oftentimes like you. The, the storm clouds are, are worse than the storm, you know, and uh, and that and that oftentimes you build it up into this like huge thing in your head, and then you just like you you, you just feel a little bit of the rain. You're like, actually, this is not bad since I'm not made of sugar, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so this is
0: okay. I'm not gonna like melt and fall apart. Um, but uh, after congratulating both of you, I shall congratulate myself. This is actually really timely. It's from yesterday. I'm like I'm a pretty good communicator. I feel, but I had a lot of stuff going on yesterday. I I woke up early to like power through a lot of work so I could go and enjoy the festivities of Canada Day. So I uh, was going to meet at my friend's uh, parents' place because they have this huge backyard and we could adequately socially distance and still see each other and not just be in my apartment or his place. So... <clears throat> We made plans to, we were going to bike there together um, because we're 12 and not 30, apparently. <laughs> and I, but I did misunderstood him. I thought I was meeting him straight at his parents' place. So I biked, it's a 40 minute bike ride, keep in mind. So I biked all the way there and he called me and then I picked up and I was like, hey, I'm here. And he's just like, where? And I was like, at your parents' place. And he's just like, oh, um, I'm kind of shocked because uh, if you read the messages, you were supposed to come by my place and we were going to bike together. And I was like, oh, so like be, me being myself with that healthy mixture of ADHD and anxiety, he's like, just go in the back and wait. It's all good, man. Like, don't worry about it. But in my head, I was like, I've ruined our friendship. You know, like, I was like, you know, like, and, I, and I'm like, so like, as like a penance, like instead of going to his backyard, I just like sat there sweating on his lawn. That helps. Um, and then like exactly which really helped and then I showed up and i was like is she even gonna remember who i am i haven't seen it. and she got up i was like hey chris go on to the back and i was like and then i sat there and was like you know what like perhaps this isn't the biggest deal like you know he showed up 20 minutes later and it wasn't a big deal but i like i was like mentally lashing myself you know like, how could you screw this up and then you know what, like with which is really come with adhd and anxiety is like one thing happens I've known this guy we've been really good buddies for like I don't know 15 or 20 15 years maybe and in my head I was like I've ruined that friendship because I like forgot to bike to his place not only did i not let that happen but I like quickly objectively looked at that and laughed at myself and was like no nah, it's all good and then he showed up like you know 15 20 minutes later and was like literally couldn't have cared less it was just like oh it's good you. let's enjoy the day and I was like I gotta tell you I was pretty stressed and then Brie came a little bit later and was like oh did, did Chris tell you how panicked you he called me <laughs> right away I am going to your place so it's good to see that Chris got over that and I was like so that's what I'm tying myself in the back for is like I, I feel like because I spend you know kind of like an hour a week talking about this kind of stuff I'm way better at uh, at, at sort of laughing myself uh, out of it and then using it as fodder for the podcast for other people to laugh. Hopefully with, but potentially <laughs> <Yeah>. at me.
1: <laughs> it's brilliant that it shows growth because that's definitely something that in schools we're teaching kids to be able to step back and see how they don't need to catastrophize things and that it isn't a worst case scenario. And you were able to talk yourself out of it and to see the, the humor and to see that it wasn't as detrimental to your friendship as you initially thought. And I definitely think that's a skill that that kids need to learn and that if you've mastered it and you're able to... to to apply it, then that's that's a win.
0: That's a really good point, and the way some, something I just kind of have thought about, or at least it occurred to me right now, which is that you know sometimes it, it can be easy to catastrophize these small events. But the way I think about it is like, okay, so I've known this person for twenty years, and I think about it as like we've written this whole. You know quote unquote book together um if I want to get romantic about my friendships, and this is just kind of one line or one small paragraph in that story, and sometimes we let that paragraph we we blow it up into twenty five font um and you just it's just a matter of bringing it back down to twelve <laughs> font with the rest of the story
2: I like that analogy yeah. yeah. That is a key. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Um, so um, before uh, we uh, like end up spending the entire rest <laughs> of our lives together, which I, you know,
2: I would <laughs> at this
0: point um, based on our rapport. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, we could just nose goes for who has to go to the supermarket next. Exactly. You know.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: It'll never be Chris because we won't get anything. He'll just be there for four hours exactly. and then end up crying. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: yeah, I don't like, I don't like supermarkets. I'm like probably gonna mislabel things. I'm like, Chris, it's in aisle twelve, and I'm like, it's not. I've searched, and then I mean, that's just a whole other thing. Like the amount of the amount of things for me to get distracted by the choice paralysis. It's just no. I mean, as a team, as a collective group of three, um, I think we just gotta gotta make sure we make better decisions and not put me on that. That's just where I'm going with it. Uh, I Before we wrap up here, which is like we're actually going to wrap up now, I just want. The
2: first is just a warm up. Yeah,
0: exactly. And now we're getting started. Um, I just want to say. Guys,
2: are you ready to start recording?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I just wanted to say, just from, I guess I can speak for both of us now because I just know our minds so well, Allison. Um, I guess we would like to really thank you for coming on the show. I, it was a lot of fun, and it's a really nice dynamic to switch it up and to have three people on here. Allison and I can barely not interrupt each other, so the fact that we had a third person on here and didn't interrupt the shit out of you was, yeah. was pretty good. I
2: know. I had to restrain myself, because like, I don't feel bad interrupting Chris, because I'm like... Patriarchy, hundred year, like thousands of years of patriarchy. I can interrupt. We're not going you. back to this medieval stuff, are we? No. <laughs> yeah, like you know, whatever. But here I'm like, oh yeah, I have to listen to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I probably should not re- interrupt my guest. You know, that's that's probably not good host behavior. Yeah. So, so- um, it was it was a nice a nice exercise <laughs> no, and reminding me that I don't have to interrupt Chris every couple of minutes and I can let people continue a thought, even if I have a joke, you know, although sometimes I can't help myself. I'm just like, the joke needs to come out. (laughs) And then like, and then sometimes the joke is like really bad. Gotta be said, gotta be said. Okay. Better use
0: the
1: voice. (laughs) Thank you both so much. This has been so much fun. And being a podcast virgin before this entire lockdown happened, I'm so excited that one of the podcasts that I did Start to listen to and really enjoy was won by two people that I knew so it makes it all the better and the fact that so much of the the content that you guys have been talking about is so crazy relatable because when I heard the content first I was like oh I don't know how bad my anxiety is in comparison to other people's because for me it's it's in the last five or six years that I've developed it so t- it's not any kind of crack that I've grown up with and learned to deal with this is a whole new kettle of fish that I am not enjoying so to have it be so relatable and to see that my idiosyncrasies are not just me that this is a totally normal emotion or feeling or scenario I mean the banana thing just was epic it was epic I was like oh my gosh she's so right I also think that this is
2: yeah, a ridiculous
1: Chris, fruit and should be <laughs> here's
2: the one who I sent you the screenshot being like this this person knows what's up this person knows not to fuck with bananas this person is on team team burned down all the banana plantations like <laughs> she, that's why she's a guest I mean let's be honest like that's how you s- secured your spot <laughs> first you're like okay we're gonna move Kira up to first because she knows that bananas banana are <laughs> a decaying yeah yeah just like a decaying mushy yeah. mushy, stringy mess <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. yeah
1: yeah it's not even talk about it because of the nastiest, I nastiness I somehow successfully managed to
2: repress bananas from the supermarket and the grocery store episode without mentioning it i think because i refuse to acknowledge that they are part of the supermarket experience <laughs> like if my husband buys them i look away and <laughs> like <laughs> and i won't go in that aisle because there's bananas and they smell really strong that day so he gets sent down those things but sometimes the bananas end up in our cart and i have to just be like this is fine <laughs> This is fine. But yeah. So that's actually what I'm proud about myself for now. Let's just go back and say I'm proud about myself, proud of myself for not mentioning bananas until an hour and a half in to an episode about grocery stores. And you didn't even bring it up really.
0: It was more brought up by no. so this is a huge huge improvement.
2: Yeah, I've really grown as a as a human being who's able to coexist with a certain fruit. Amazing. Oh, I
0: I also just want to say thanks for mentioning that, uh, Kira. It's it's like sometimes we you feel like you're talking into a void almost, and you don't know what's connecting and what's not. And as much as we laugh around and joke and this that and the other, the sole purpose I feel like we really that we're so excited and devoted to this idea and this whole project and everything we're doing with it is like the idea that some a person could hear one sentence or one part of one podcast, and it changed and recontextualized something for them, and letting people know that we are all, you know, a little strange and a little bizarre, and we all have our own things, um, but uh, we're not alone in that. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, that was my big. That was my big thing. And I, I guess we Definitely. will. Oh, I should just ask you if is there any place that to if if everyone's just uh, enamored by your Irish accent and your
2: It's so pretty. It's so calm. Yeah, and
0: your subtle charm. Is there any place? I want
2: to steal your voice like (laughs) Ursula and make it mine. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, um, You can find me on Instagram at mysuitcasediaries. I also have a travel blog, mysuitcasediaries.org. But at the moment, that is just taking up internet space because I haven't written anything on it for a while because quarantine so yeah so that's it if you want to check it out and say hey
2: and otherwise this has been so much fun you guys thank you you're very thank welcome. you so much for coming on yeah thank you um, if you want to find me, I'm at Eternal Arrival. Chris is at Traveling Mitch with one L. Thank he you. will always remind you. Thank you, thank you. Um, and you can find us on our Facebook group. We're anxious about which is live, no matter what Chris says about it. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, "Is it live?" Here's my Chris's chat again. <laughs> it's not live yet. I'm like, "It's live, Chris. It's live." I, lo-
0: um, I love how I get painted with this one-dimensional male voice. I'm like. I, I, like, I like I think I have a, a touch of eloquence and I'm reasonably verbose, but all of a sudden no, i like, oh, no. bananas <laughs> are
3: fruit.
0: Like,
2: <laughs> no, not in, my, not in my voice acting, really, or not. Okay, right on. Um, so um, you can find us on Facebook at We're Anxious About. We also have the I'm Anxious About page, but We're Anxious About is the group to chat with fellow listeners of the podcast about this, that, and the other And uh, we also have Twitter. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Uh,
2: What is our Twitter handle? Anxious about pod. Yeah, I somehow managed to get the at I'm anxious about banned from Twitter without actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's really bizarre. And I have no idea how to unban myself. That's the story she's sticking with. I
0: think she was up to all sorts of nefarious shit on there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I needed to make some extra money. So I was working under Putin as a Russian troll. Um, This is how you get our podcast banned, too. <laughs> so, um yeah, so we're at whatever Chris said. He handles the Twitter because I don't like character limits. And um, <laughs> we're also technically have an Instagram, but not much is happening on there. We're a little slow on the social media and a contact form that works. So you can talk to us if yeah, you want and to. And you can also leave us a five
0: star review, and we'll love you forever for it.
2: <laughs> Yes, and we're going to end the episode by singing, apparently.
1: (laughs) That's all you guys are not. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.